Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Colossians, and I would love to have you turn there with me, um, whether that's flipping pages or opening your app. We're Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Um, while you're getting there, I'll introduce myself. I'm Rebecca Zare. Um, my husband, Joel, and I have been coming here for 14 years. Um, we have two boys, Asher and Eli. Um, we're members, and we greatly enjoy serving as community leader, group leaders and back in Sun Chasers. So hopefully you've had time to turn there. We are in Colossians 4, 2 through 6, and I'll be reading from the CSB translation. Let's hear God's word. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, good morning. Like Rebecca said, my name is Joel Zare. Um, I'm one of the elders here at Crosspoint. I'm excited to be with you guys here this morning. I um, want to share that when I first told Rebecca what passage that we would be kind of gathering around this morning, uh, she was thankful that it wasn't uh, an entire chapter um, or, or even an entire letter. Uh, but I do want to tell you, we are going to spend some time kind of walking through the letter of Colossians this morning. And so um, I want to encourage you to have your Bible out to, like Rebecca said, have, uh, if you've got an app with the Bible on it, to find Colossians with us this morning. Um, we're going to be encouraged around uh, Paul's words to the church in, in Colossae this morning. Um, and that's where we're going to land, talking about the idea of our identity as, as people with a mission. Uh, but we're going to kind of gather back to the beginning of this letter first uh, this morning to spend some time before grounding ourselves in what our mission is, who we are as uh, a family of servant missionaries. And so we're going to spend a little time kind of walking through parts of this letter. I encourage you to, to read the entire thing. Uh, this afternoon. So if you've got your Bible with you or if you're on the app, you can probably flip back just about a page. It's not a particularly long letter, so find kind of the first chapter for me for a moment. Uh, if you are on an app, you can click back a couple of times to get to that first chapter. And as you do so, uh, I wouldn't mind you taking a moment to look at some of the subheadings, some of the ways that this, this book, this, this letter really is kind of uh, categorized into pieces um, as you're kind of moving your way backwards. Uh, the letter we're going to read this morning in the English language has about 1,600 words. Uh, there are 95 verses that occur here uh, in this particular letter. And there, there's a number of different subheadings. And so if you kind of look through it, I encourage you to kind of just take a look through. You'll see a greeting that Paul gives. Uh, you'll see a thanksgiving and prayer, which we'll actually read as the benediction uh, at the end of our service here together. Uh, you see this, this, this picture of who Jesus is. Paul writes this portion here that we're going to actually read together of who Christ is. Uh, we'll read that portion. He goes on then to share a little about his mission, um, his calling, uh, to share with what he's doing to the church in Colossae, what he's doing um, to share that with the church in Colossae. And then he goes on to share what it uh, means to be a follower of Christ in, in, in a world where uh, there's so many competing narratives, so many different places that are trying to pull them away from Christ to focus and center themselves on Christ. Uh, and then goes on to share what it means to be the new humanity in Christ. 
and then share some instructions uh, for mission, which is what we're going to spend in our, our time. We're going to ground ourselves at the end here talking about that Rebecca read to us already. And then it goes on to share some of the people that he's partnered with in ministry, to name them, to share, to give them encouragement. And kids, um, you sun chasers, I will admit to you, when I would read parts of this, the letters here where Paul's talking about these people, didn't always know who he was talking about. But as I've gotten older, uh, I think I've grown into my appreciation of the parts of the letter where Paul mentions by name people he's partnered with in the gospel. And so take a look around. I want to like, turn around and kids and adults too, just turn around and take a look at some of the people that you are sitting around, right? And so it kind of makes it kind of awkward to make eye contact. But yeah, look around at some of the people that are around you. These are the people you've partnered with in the gospel uh, here this morning. And so as you read this letter, if you read that part of the letter who Paul is speaking about, uh, men like Epaphras, who he's partnered with in the gospel. I want you to bring to mind some of the people you are seated, seated around right now here this very morning. Okay, so although we're going to end up reading that portion, studying over what is our mission, uh, it is imperative. Uh, kids, that means it's a must. Kids, can you guys say the word must? Good, all right, fantastic. I know that's kind of weird for some of you adults. We do this a lot with the sun chasers, but that word must, it's, it's a must that we understand why we have a mission at all. And so before we get into the text this morning, I am going to ask, uh, and it's been a blessing this summer to have the Sun Chasers with us, to have our kids with us. I, I say that as the parent of a 14 and 11-year-old, and not, not a 4-year-old and 11-month-old. So uh, I do appreciate the, the joining of the kids here. But uh, if you've got some kids around, you want to encourage them to come on up up front for a minute. I want to talk with our kids and then send them out here with us real quick. So our Sun Chasers, and even if there's a few teens who wouldn't mind coming just to help and sit up here, help some of our younger ones. There's a small activity I want to have our kids do and then send them back out. So if you've got kids, uh, let them out of the aisle. Just come and have a seat here real quick, guys. There's some papers. I want you to find one and grab one. And then there's some crayons over here. I want you to come and grab a crayon for me. All right? So there are some papers and there's some crayons. If you guys, and yeah, some of you older ones, if you want to grab a few of them, help them get passed out. And just find a space to sit here for just a minute. You guys can kind of spread out. While they're getting the, uh, the crayons and the papers, and you guys, uh, the adults, get a chance to do this too. There's, there's hopefully enough extra papers and some colored pencils for you guys to participate too. Kids, you can kind of have a seat here and spread out. I want us to build ourselves around as we're reading this letter this morning, this idea of a family of servant missionaries. And so as you have your papers, you get a crayon. If you want to hand a crayon to the neighbor around you too, find a spot to sit down here for just a moment. Um, I wanted to have our kids up here because I wanted to share too while they're getting settled um, they are a wonderful expression uh, of so many attributes that we sometimes as adults lose when we, when we come to God's word, when we come to God in prayer. Um, they have a tenderness of their conscience that, that sometimes we lose as adults. They have an openness in terms of their emotion. There's a wonder and a joy and awe that you guys have um, that is a beauty to behold. And there's this willingness and um, to learn and also to grow. And so you guys are going to help out here to get started. So if you've got your crayon, you've got your paper, we're going to draw three pictures here, okay? Excellent. You guys are ready. That's fantastic. Okay, so on the far left-hand side, if you've got your crayon, your colored pencil, I want you guys to first draw a big heart there. So in that first box, if you guys can draw a big heart for me, okay? Draw a big heart. You can show it to your neighbor because we're going to point to these things and use them in a little bit. But you're going to draw a big heart in that first box, this is going to represent for us this morning the idea that we are the family of God, right? That's beautiful. We are children of God who care for one another as family. Cool. Show your heart to somebody real quick. Show them your heart and say, this is what I drew. That's going to represent the family of God. All right, in that middle, in that middle one, can you guys draw a cross for me? Can you guys draw a cross for me in that middle box? 
So draw a cross in that middle box. This represents our identity as servants. We are servants of Jesus who serve him by serving others. So we've got our heart. We've got our cross. Beautiful. And in the last box, can you guys draw an arrow pointing to the side? So a big line and then arrow. So you can draw me an arrow pointing to the side there. That arrow you guys are doing, yeah, and you can help your neighbors out drawing an arrow there, means that we are the sent ones. We have a mission. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live on mission, to show and tell others about the good news of Jesus. So you guys should have a heart, you have a cross, and you have an arrow. Now, I'm going to ask you, there's a bunch of extra papers here, so some of the teens and maybe older kids, if you can kind of take them back, and if there's adults there and you want to participate in this too, we can kind of get these out. There's some colored pencils here. Uh, that if you guys want to grab these and take a few back. And I would love for you guys to take those back to your seats. Well, you know what? Can you hang here for just a moment? I want to say one other thing, and we'll have you guys go back. And if there's adults who want to participate in this too, if you are uh, somebody who has a notebook, you guys can do the same thing in your notebook if you don't want to draw on the paper. Uh, if you just want to sit and listen, that is, that is 100% fine. But I want to give everyone the opportunity to kind of participate here. So before we go back, you guys, can you put your paper in front of you for a moment? And we're going to kind of pray together over what we're going to study this morning. So, if you guys can close your eyes, bow your heads, and let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, would you give us eyes to see your kingdom in the world around us this morning? We ask that you would attune our ears to hear from you through your word. Lord, as your people shape our heart to love you and love others, and grant us the words to speak, to share to the world about Jesus. Amen. All right, if you guys want to go find your way back to your seats and keep that paper with you, we're going to use that here. You can take your crayon if you want with you and draw a couple other pictures as we go. Uh, there's, there's some papers there, and uh, if you want to pass it around, that's great. Uh, but we're going to be thinking about those three big things. And kids, I'm going to have you point at some of those. And you guys are spreading yourselves all out into where the adults are. So I'm going to have you guys show some people some pictures as we go through this as well. All right, so um, as we're thinking through this, and if you've got kids around you, as we're reading through the scriptures this morning and thinking about this idea of a family of servant missionaries, uh, as we look at the heart, as we look at the cross, and we look at the arrow, feel free to be uh, thinking through, and here's just a few ideas for, for ways you could use this to think through is, uh, what are some verses or phrases that, that the Lord's kind of putting in your heart as we're reading through scriptures this morning? Who are some names of the people that you looked around and sitting right around you right now that, that represent this to you, that have embodied some of these characteristics and taught you something about what it means to be a family of servant missionaries? Um, maybe it's just drawing a picture. There are some artists out there among us who, who may want to represent this in picture form and use this as an opportunity to share and talk about this uh, as, we, as we close the, here this morning. All right, so this morning we're going to start in the middle of the paper. So kids, can you hold up for me so I can see the, your paper? Show me those pictures you've got. Right there in the middle, beautiful, okay? In the middle of your paper we've got the cross, okay? And so we're going to start with this idea of our servant identity, and so I actually want, and those of you who have your Bibles open, to travel with me to uh, Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. We're going to read this kind of in its entirety. This is a passage of Scripture that points to and kind of um, gives a description of who Jesus is. And so before we launch into what our mission is, it's imperative, it's a must that we understand who we are as God's family uh, and what the Lord has done for us and how we serve Him, and then we'll spend some time talking about mission. So I'm going to go ahead and read from Colossians 1, verse 15 is where we'll start in the CSB translation. It says, He, speaking of Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible 
and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Verses 21 and 22 say, Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed through your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. So on our way to thinking and studying and praying through our mission as followers of Christ, we're going to spend a few minutes here right now thinking and studying and praying about who it is that we serve. And so this is where that cross is right there in the middle. And so as you reread some of these parts of the passage, I want to focus our attention just in a, in a couple areas here this morning. Feel free to read through that a couple of times on your own or kind of follow along as we're, we're talking through a couple of those pieces. Hey, that very first part, it says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That term firstborn um, shouldn't invoke anything about a birth order. It's actually a term used in, in Psalm 89 to David. And if you know about David, he wasn't the firstborn in his family, but it uses the firstborn, the highest of all kings of the earth. And that's the image this invokes about Jesus here is that he is sovereign over all creation. Uh, he is the sovereign one, the uncreated one, uh, God, the second person of the Trinity. And we see as you continue on, as you read of what Paul writes, for everything was created by him in heaven's and earth, the visible and invisible. Before we think about our mission, what we're called to, I want to just settle there for just a moment in that picture of who Jesus is. And have you read those lines again to yourself? And uh, kids, there's a couple of motions I want you to think about with me, right? Everything was created. So kids, if you guys see with me real quick, all right, can we do visible? Can you point your eyes? Visible? And you adults can do this too if you want, but the kids say lead. And then invisible. You can cover your eyes up. You can open your eyes up. Heavens? right? And earth. You can stomp your feet, right? Everything that was created, visible, invisible, right? Heavens and earth. It makes me think of the beginning of the gospel of John, where it's talking about Jesus as the word. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. And so here thinking about that, I have a friend who uh, we call and pray together, and it doesn't happen every time, but it happens enough that we'll get talking early morning about the sunrise or the stars. Or for some of you last night, if you went outside, saw some meteors maybe streaking through the sky. And we start talking for a little bit about the, just the immensity of God's creation talking about the galaxy around us and the universe. And even though it's not prayer, as one might think in that moment, it, it cultivates this attitude in me of, of gratefulness and thankfulness to God, this, this recognition of the immensity of God. And so when we think everything, right, seen, unseen, right, heavens and earth created by God, um, this, is, this is an opportunity for us to pause before we think about our mission to recognize the God, who it is that we serve. And that's just part of the story. So yes, God created. Right? Yes, he created everything, right? seen, unseen, right? heavens and earth. But man rebelled. 
our right relationship with our Creator was severed. God promises a Messiah, a Savior. God the Son comes in flesh. And here in Colossians it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Jesus, our Savior, the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, come to earth to live a sinless life, die on a cross, to pay the penalty for our sin, rise victoriously, defeating sin and death, is now seated at the right hand of the Father, even now interceding for us, his people here gathered this morning. Colossians 21 and 22 again says, Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, as expressed in your evil actions, but now he's reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, H-O-L-Y, holy, faultless, and blameless before him. See, those of you sitting around this morning, if you've put your faith and your trust in Christ, if you've given him your life, um, this is talking about you too, and not just the people who would initially have read this letter. The very God who created everything, seen, unseen, heavens, earth, who rescued you through Jesus. We fail, and I fail to recognize that on a daily basis, and so I need, and, and we need, those around you that you looked at this morning, need to be reminded of that truth as we gather here and as we live our lives uh, each day of the week. See, seriously, even John and James came to Jesus asking him, hey, I want to sit, we want to sit at your left and your right hand uh, in glory. And Jesus goes, no, they don't understand what they're even asking. But he reorients them in that moment. He helps turn their attention and says, hey, whoever is going to be greatest needs to be the least. He ends in Mark 10 in this conversation by saying, even the Son of Man, speaking of himself, didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Romans 5.8 says it this way, but God proved his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? God loves you. Right? If nothing else this morning, you get an opportunity to say to someone else that God loves you. And if you're not a follower of Christ here this morning, if you're here visiting, I want to encourage you to talk to a pastor, an elder, someone you know around you who's following Jesus and can tell you what it means to be loved by God and be encouraged by them here this morning. Um, to pursue that relationship yourself. And if you are a follower of Christ, remind someone of that this morning. It is a joy to be able to sing along with you guys, to declare God's promises to one another and back to him. And so I encourage you to do that with your voices here this morning as well. And so while we serve Jesus because he is the one who came not to serve, or not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, we also have been brought into the family of God. So kids, I want you to take that paper again. Can you find it for me? Can you find that big heart and show it to me? Can you hold it up one more time and point to it? Where's that heart on yours? Yeah, all right. We got, you have a big heart right there. That is wonderful. All right, that is a great sentence to repeat someone else that Shiloh, yeah, you have a big heart. That heart there represents our family of God. We've been brought into the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. For some of you, when you hear that word family, it, it might invoke uh, things like pictures and photos that you have on your walls at home. Uh, holidays and smiles, vacations uh, and far places and snapshot memories that you have. Um, but it might invoke words like hurt or strain, fractured, broken, or missing might come to mind when you think of family. I would, I would imagine that for all of us here, there's some mixture of those things when we think of the word family. Right? Good and bad, moments of ease and calm, but also moments of, of stress and of tension. And so I want to get real honest here for a moment. Um, we are, as, as God's people, the family of God. 
We've been redeemed, yet, yet we are all fallen. As we pray this morning, confessing our need for God in each moment. We're made new in Christ, but still battling our flesh. We'll see both of those realities as we live together as a family of God. So what do we need to be reminded of this morning? Well, if you guys would take Colossians and, and flip maybe a page, uh, a couple of clicks to Colossians 3. I want to travel here together for a moment where, where Paul is encouraging the church to live as good family. On our way to thinking about our mission, um, we are servants who serve Jesus by serving others, but we're also the family of God. And, and Colossians 3, starting in verse 12, 13, and 14, is where we're going to center this. And there's some great passages beyond that I want to have encourage you to read this afternoon as well. But we're going to go and read 12, 13, and 14. And it starts off here, talking about putting on the new, uh, new self, and then says, therefore, so the continuation from that passage is God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Even just that phrase right there, up top of that heart, is God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Holy and dearly loved. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. So as you look at that heart or you're kind of thinking about that, maybe a couple words or ones you want to send around that particular picture, characteristics. Maybe you can jot down a name or two of people who've embodied that to you, who have helped you recognize your identity as a follower of Christ, but also being part of the family of God. In the same breath, there may be people right now that you have to jot down a name and go, I need to seek forgiveness from that person living as the good family of God. Not only does, are we given characteristics, but we're also instructed here to forgive one another. I, I want to uh, tell you, my wife and I, uh, by the grace of God, celebrated our 18 wedding, 18th wedding anniversary last week. Um, if you talk to her, um, you will find, if you ask some questions, dig a little bit, um, I have, by all means, had moments where I have not been compassionate in that relationship. I have not spoken or acted with humility, or I have not been patient. By the grace of God, though, there, there are hopefully moments, if you ask her and dig a little bit, you'd find where I, I have shown loving kindness to her. I have uh, had a gentle spirit. Uh, and God has shaped me in patience as well. And as you think for a moment, maybe this is jotting down who it is you live alongside is good family of God, ways that they have helped shape you, but also ways that you can seek forgiveness. Because you see, as you live as a family together, inevitably, um, you will rub against people that maybe don't see everything eye to eye the same way you do. Maybe you'll have some tension that happens. And so not only are we called to, to have these attributes as followers of God, but we're called and asked to forgive one another. And so in those things, it requires time spent together. Uh, time spending time in play, uh, working, uh, sharing meals together, um, taking walks together, but being together as the good family of God. And so, so far we've looked at this idea that we have an identity as followers of Jesus who serve him by serving others. We are part of the family of God gathered here this morning who are brought into God's family and get to live along one's, alongside one another as family. And now I want to turn our attention here for a little bit to this idea of mission. So focused around the idea of who we are as God's servants, as God's family, I want to think about as God's missionaries, people who get to show and tell about Jesus to the world around us. So kids, one more time, can you get back out your piece of paper? Can you find, what's the one picture we haven't looked at yet? Can you find it there and show it to someone around you? Yeah, show it to someone around you, show them what's that one picture. Yeah, hold them up for me real quick so I remember. It's been a moment. Yeah, you're pointing, there's the arrow. All right, I can see some of your arrows from even way back here. That's excellent. The arrows, yes, beautiful. I can see the arrows there, wonderful. Wonderful. 
So we've got the arrow there, reminding us that we are sent ones, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to live on mission, to share and show and tell Jesus to others. So let's go back to Colossians 4, 2 through 6 again. I'm going to read um, that passage that Rebecca read at the beginning. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, this is Paul speaking to the church, that God may open a door to us for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so you may know how you should answer each person. So as God's family, right, holy and dearly loved, as Paul states, as servants who serve Jesus, the God who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, our gospel identity is also centered around the idea that we are sent ones, empowered by the Holy Spirit to show and to share Jesus to others. So in those final words, I want you to note the first four that are read in that CSB translation. Devote yourselves to prayer. Right, if you have that um, arrow there, that might be something you jot down. When you see that mission, it means sometimes you think, go, and I have to move. But the first thing we need to do is settle and quiet ourselves before God, recognize who he is, and come to him in prayer. It says that we're devote. In some translations, um, it says um, things like to continue steadfastly. And what that should bring to mind are things that you do with a lot of regularity. And so I'm going to have you guys pause for just a moment to share with someone around you one more thing. What is something? When, when you think of something you are devoted to, something you've dedicated yourself to doing, something that you do continuously, can you share with a neighbor for just a moment what's one of the first things that comes to your mind, things that you're devoted to? And some people go, I'm not so certain. Some people had something right off the bat. When I first thought of this, I thought, well, I, I run a lot. I, I devoted myself over years of time to running. And I thought, well, let me think of another one. Well, I, I, I'm pretty dedicated to making sure I voice that to my wife and my kids. I love them, and then they say that back to me. Those are things I'm dedicated to vote to. And I started to think of a couple more. And then all of a sudden, I just thought of something, which is probably not a new thought. But the most dedicated and devoted things that I do in my life and have done since the moment I was born, and the same thing you guys have done, is eat and sleep. Right? Those are things that you've done without even thinking about it. Your, your body requires it. And so when you write down that word, devote yourself to prayer, I, I don't want us to think of it as just something that we do because we've decided to, but something we do that's vital, that's imperative. I said that word imperative at the beginning, kids, and said it's a must. Can you guys say that word must again? Must. It's a must. This idea of devoting oneself to prayer, corporately, together as the body here, individually, as, um, as people sent out, but also gathered in small groups there, devoting ourselves to prayer about what it means to seek after um, others who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, devoting oneself to prayer, right? And so in addition to that, it says devoting oneself to prayer with alertness and thanksgiving, there's a beautiful time, as you think back to this morning, as we pray this idea of thanksgiving, to cultivate corporately and individually a heart of thanksgiving. And in the midst of that also, um, not only just devoting ourselves to thanksgiving, but devoting ourselves to staying alert. All right, kids, can you say alert with me one more time? Alert. Uh, if you don't know, I've been a, a coach of distance runners for about 17 years. And over the course of a three-mile race, from the, game, the moment the gun goes off, there's an alertness in the runners. Uh, at the very end of a race, if you ever watched it, there's an alertness in the runners. Uh, there's a quickness in their step that they have that they maybe don't have right there in the middle 
of the race. And so if you ever come out to watch me, and I would lovingly invite you out there this year, you can see me run around sweaty and gross and yelling at kids um, and encouraging them. But I, I'm, I'm well known for clapping three times at them in the middle of the race to grab their attention, telling them, check back in. And so as you read this this morning, devoting yourselves to prayer, but being alert, this is an encouragement for me and my heart, an encouragement for you and your heart to check back in. That when we pray, and, and Dave's mentioned this, Dave Wolf from the stage, in this spring when we talked about living 3D together, to be actively praying for people that God has put in your path, people that God has placed in your life that do not know him as Lord and Savior, and to be actively praying with, uh, for them in alertness. And so this isn't just something that we do in the quietness of our own home, which is something we should do. It is not something we just do corporately here in this building, which is something we should do, but it is something we do with an alertness, prepared for action as well. And so as we think about this idea of alertness, at the same time, Paul asked them to pray for him. And there's a point in here where he asked them to pray that he can have clarity of speech, so he can declare the gospel and the mysteries of Christ with clarity. So in addition to us praying with diligence, in addition to us being alert as people called to a mission, we also need to be able to pray that we get clarity of speech, an ability to speak graciously to those around us and to season our um, words with salt. And so I want you kids one more time with me. Can you kind of rub your fingers together like you're holding a little bit of salt and sprinkling it? What does that mean that we're called to be a people who have our speech seasoned with salt? A couple little illustrations, and I will promise you I got permission from my sons to say these here just a little bit ago as well. My oldest son, um, he is a NASCAR fan. Don't believe me? Ask him after service. He can tell you all sorts of facts about NASCAR. And the reason he can do that is because he's spent time with the data surrounding all the different races. He's spent time with the history of it. He's uh, written it down on a little piece of paper. He reorganizes the data. He tells other people about it. And the same is true of our speech when it comes to Christ. If you guys can get kids sprinkling with salt, salt was used as a preservative to keep things from spoiling. And the same way our words about Christ need to be unspoiled, pure and true. And that comes from knowing God's word, speaking about it together here, singing it back to each other and to God um, as we gather, but also that being a part of our life as we walk out of here. And so letting our words be seasoned with salt and gracious means that we know about God, we can speak about who he is to one another and to a world that needs to hear about him. All right? The other son of mine, my younger son, uh, he likes to sprinkle salt on his food. Uh, we don't let him do this a lot, but when we go to grandma and grandpa's house, he's allowed to sprinkle some salt on the green beans that we often have there. Now, if you guys have ever sprinkled some salt on some corn on the cob as well, kids, and eaten it, it brings out some of the flavor in the food. And so as Paul is saying that our words are to be seasoned with that salt, that means that those words are in enhancing um, the flavor of the food. It's sharing the good news of the gospel. And this should be something that we do as the kids kind of demonstrate is with awe and wonder. It doesn't even matter the circumstances of our life. I, I've talked to people who are going through some, some terrible circumstances in their life. I've shared a time and dinners with people who are going through wonderful circumstances in their life. And in both of those and everything in between, they can share the good news of the gospel because it's not dependent on their circumstances, but dependent on the God whom they then brought into the family of and who they serve by serving others. And so uh, the last part here, in addition to being seasoned with salt, says so we know how we should answer each person. 
Knowing how to answer each person requires you to dig into their lives, to know something about them. In your guys' neighborhoods, in your workplaces, at your schools, here gathered, not only just from 10 until 11, 15 on a Sunday morning, but as a way of life as we walk out of here. So kids, if you guys can hold your papers up for me one more time, I want to walk us back through this idea. I want to encourage you as adults and, and kids like to read back through Colossians this morning, but if you guys can point with me to those three areas. As God's family, which is our heart. Can you point to the heart that's on there? We are holy and dearly loved by God. Can you just point to that middle one for me real quick? And that middle one, the cross, right? We serve Jesus by serving others. And then that final one, can you guys point to the arrow there as well? We are the sent ones, empowered by the Holy Spirit to live on mission for God, to share and tell about the good news about Jesus Christ. In a moment, we're going to get an opportunity to gather and sing together the truths of God back to him and to one another as we live as a family of servant missionaries as a part of our gospel. I invite Dave and the rest of those leading us in worship and song to kind of come back up here. Uh, we're going to have one song this morning, and so we are going to gather around and um, give back our offerings to God as well during this time. So I just want to say and encourage you uh, that if you're a guest here, do feel no obligation to give. If you are uh, a member here, just a reminder, we use this as an opportunity to recognize that God has given us all the gifts in our life, and this is an opportunity for us to give back the first fruits of what God has given us uh, to recognize and, and as Him as the one who owns it all. I want to pray together here this morning uh, over that identity as a family of servant missionaries together before we sing. So kids, if you want to keep your paper out, you'll hear those words of family and servant missionaries. You can point at each one of those pieces on your paper as we pray together. So let's pray together this morning. Dearly Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here this morning. God, you are altogether good and worthy of our praise. God, help us to glorify you in our words, in our actions, in our thoughts. God, shape us around our gospel identity as, as a family who lives as God's sons and daughters together. God, as, as servants who serve Jesus by serving others. And as the sent ones, ones on mission empowered by the Holy Spirit to show and tell the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, continue to grow us in that, not only today, but in the days in the future. Help us to remind one another about who we are and who, what our gospel identity is, not only here this morning, but as we are sent out into the world around us uh, this week. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, with the reading from Colossians in chapter 1, starting in verse 9, this is Paul's prayer. May you be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins.